This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Battle Mike here, and in this episode, we get to talk to the man, Mike Tramp. Mike has a new album called The Songs of White Lion coming out on April 14th. We discuss this, plus of course we revisit some classic albums, like my favorite one, Main Attraction. You gotta check this out. Well, it's great to be talking with you. You got it, man. Well, hey, man, let's jump right into it. Songs of White Lion. Why did you want to go back and revisit these great songs? Well, I mean, it, it's kind of like a, like that uh, scene in Godfather 3. It's like, just as I got out, they pulled me back. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I mean, White Lion, I ended White Lion in 91 and, and shortly after had a band uh, and, and recorded three albums with a band called Freak of Nature that I started. And from 90 six on until today i've been a solo artist with like 13 solo albums to my name and stuff like that but wherever i go no matter with an acoustic guitar a piano a full band people slap the white lion sticker on me and promoters are calling out for me to play white lion songs promoted as that and all those things and the thing is that I've never had a band that played that kind of style. I mean, because my solo albums and my solo style, uh, my tramp by himself is more a Tom Petty, a Bruce Springsteen, a John Mellencamp. That is sort of what it is. So I've never been surrounded by that kind of band that suddenly could, you know, leap into a White Lion song. But at times I've been sort of almost pushed to it and, and I played kind of like my own versions of the songs, but not necessarily been happy with it. So I thought, you know what? They, they you know, they say they want me to do this. So now I'm going to do it the way I want to do it and the way I can do it. Awesome. You know, I think it sounds great and it's pretty contemporary. You know, you've got a more modern production. I dig how your voice sounds on it. So I, I think it sounds great, man. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm obviously very, very pleased. I mean, you could always fear that someone would come out in lack of better intelligence saying it doesn't sound like White Lion 88. And then I go, nah, you know, you're right there because it's 2023 and my tramp is not 26 anymore he's actually 62 <laughs> and he likes to sound the way he is today you know man one thing that i always think of and this could be done across genres and everything is good songs are good songs you know what i mean those songs Funny. that you've got on there man. are great you know a country artist could perform some of those songs a pop artist good songs are good songs no no you're completely right i'm you know i mean because we kind of wrote songs you know, um, in a similar way to like, you know, some of our heroes like Lennon McCarthy and stuff like that, that the song had to work when we were sitting across from each other with two guitars. The song had to work on that. It wasn't like the song can only work if it has big drums or big guitars or a flashy hair and so on. So the song has to work. And um, for the last 10, 11, 12 years, 
I've traveled around the world with just an acoustic guitar and performed these songs. So I always knew the songs could stand the test of times. I've gone out on big stages supporting other bands with just an acoustic guitar and having the whole crowd sing along to these songs. So like you said, a good song will always be a good song. For sure. Now you're going to tour behind this, right? You got uh, your buddy uh, playing the guitar with you. You're going to go out on tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in America, through the month of May, we're doing, you know, the power to songs of White Lion, the two guitars and a little bit of a drums and bass loop. And um, then we jump straight over and do all through the summer and late summer, the big European festivals with full band. And obviously I am uh, aiming at playing full band shows sometimes sooner or later. People kind of can enjoy this and not always have to, to, uh, uh, you know, settle for the uh, the budget version. For sure. I like, too, that there's representation from all the White Lion albums on there. It's not like you just went to Pride or Big Game. You got a little bit from everything on there. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. I mean, that that's the um, that's the thing that is, is important to me. You know, someone asked me before, you know, or uh, a couple of days ago regarding the Fight to Survive album, which is, of course, recorded in 84, and it's a very, very dark album. And even as White Lion started, you know, becoming the final version in, in sort of a, a late 85, we, besides um, besides Broken Heart, we never played any songs from that album. So with time, and, and, and since Songs of White Lion is a live show, I am obviously going to dive in and rekindle some of those dark songs from then, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I haven't gotten there yet, but it's, it's a little bit of a goal. I loved hearing uh, Love Don't Come Easy on there because I'm a big fan of Main Attraction. <laughs> what do you think of Main Attraction? It's felt we're written like the ultimate sort of like American radio song with that. But as we sort of got that song out, obviously the whole scene was changed. I also never really felt that the beat in that song really made that song happen. So this was definitely one of the reasons why I wanted to redo this song. When you were heading into Main Attraction, I mean, you guys had to be, you probably thought you had a pretty big hit album. Like you said, the times had changed, but what, what was the vibe going into that album? Oof. You know what? Um, a lot of people, uh, again, you know, you know, the whole Main Attraction in, in America is almost a... a a non-existent uh, chapter, no interviews, no really, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The story goes like this, and I'm going to try to sort of not to make it too long, also, so I don't fall asleep telling the same thing. But we had been touring on the Pride album for two years, and by the time we got to November of '88, the record company was crying out for that we need, you know, new material, new album, and stuff like that. And the band, especially Vito and I, needed a long-ass break, just away from everything else. We we got three to four days before we end up in a in a motel room in Palm Springs, kind of like a like a close down, you know, uh, Twin Peaks or David Lynch kind of place. Um, and and there for the next week, we compose and demo the Big Game album and. 
you know, prior to recording the Pride album, we had played that album live in the clubs for a year. So right after Christmas, we're back in the studio recording the big game album and we're starting seeing, you know, the uh, our big earnings from the success of the Pride album and the big tours and stuff like that. Meanwhile, while we're in the studio, we haven't landed yet. We haven't even, you know, I mean, in one way or another, we still think we're on tour playing the Pride album. But now we're in the studio doing, you know, the uh, the big game album. And, of course, we didn't know it at that time, but we're completely out of touch with reality. And everybody around us is also out of touch because everybody is just wanting to to get this new album out. We're already shipping gold before we have even recorded the album. And record company is not helping along with saying, ah, you know, you need a break. They're doing the opposite. So basically, even though there are great moments on the album and we're proud of the songs production-wise and arrangement-wise and and et cetera, et cetera, the Big Game album is an unfinished album. So when the time came to do the main attraction album, Vito and I worked on, 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 on the songwriting for like almost a year. Wow. Yeah, that must have been nice to be able to put that extra time. One thing, uh, last thing I'll say about Main Attraction, because I'm, I'm such a, a nut job about it. I love it. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that Greg and James were out kind of sometime, you know, after the album got released and you had a couple new members in. You had Jimmy DeGrasso and uh, Tony Car- uh, Cardona. What what was what happened? Why did the other guys leave? Well, yeah, you know, unhappy with the business arrangement, and it was sort of uh, without blaming Vito more than I need to blaming for it. He was kind of doing the negotiation with them and stuff like that, and and you know, he, we weren't really that flexible. So after we had had a big successful European tour and came back to America. You know, they they um, they departed the band. And and to tell you the truth, we weren't really that concerned at that moment. And as you just mentioned, we got Jimmy DeGrasso in and we got Tommy Caradona in. And, and for a while in the rehearsal room, it felt like, you know, you know, we were born again, even, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And we go out on Amer- we go out on American tour with some playing some big clubs and stuff like that just to to feel the band and sort of seeing what what the next move would be. And 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 something happens when we come into New York, our hometown. We're playing this big old sold out show, but you know nobody from the record company shows up. And to me, it was kind of just like a clear message that they were looking in different directions. And I took it upon myself being kind of really offended. And and with everything else going on, I told Vito, you know, we had a week left on the on the tour. I said, you know what? When we're playing Boston on, on, on September 2nd, it'll be the final show. And, you know, he just looked at me and said, okay. And we never spoke about that for another 25 years. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. I know. It's fun. It's 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 insane. <laughs> now I'm not going to ask you the Vito Brada reunion question. I I've already watched some of your other interviews. I know when he wants to do something, he's going to do something. But I, what I want to just say about him is: do you do you get? I'm sure you do. But do you get why people are so interested in him? Because when you look back at what he did in the '80s, um, he's awesome. You know, he's really tasteful player, really unique player. 
And I think maybe because he's not around out in the spotlight, that brings out the you know the mystique and, and the interest even more. But but you you kind of understand why people are kind of so interested in Vito, right? Well, I mean, I I think you put it, I, you know, you hit it hit the nail right on you know on the head with that with that one there. You know, it's kind of like people just love to make comments, even though you know they know the facts, and the facts is that you know. When White Lion ended uh, and until up up until today, Vito has neither been in the studio or on stage, and that's pretty that's a pretty damn long time to be out of commission. And then also, Vito has not done any real interviews besides one with Eddie Trunk, which was done years and years ago, where he says, "Oh well, the door is not closed, but the door is closed," and um. I w- I am would never rule out doing a side project with Vito or collaborating on something more like, you know, page and planned and something like that. But White Line will never reunite. We will we would f- be as good of a of a band as as we were and the band doesn't want to reunite. So this is not that Mike Tram doesn't want to do it. It's just ain't going to happen. Totally. When you think back to a lot of these players, I mean, we had some, you know, amazing guitar players, drummers, bass players back in the 80s. Is there anybody out there that you wanted to collaborate with or even to this day you, you'd love to do a project with? Yes and no. It would it would definitely not be anybody from the 80s. I mean, any uh, any anybody that I sort of, you know, competed against or, or toured with, et cetera, et cetera, because... Uh, you know the uh, the thirteen solo albums that Mike Tramp has uh, has recorded since uh, ninety seven are, are very clear and very specific that I am as a solo artist have one one uh, uh, very very consistent sound and and songwriting style. So um, it would, would it would of course be someone over in 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 my world uh, that I would want to work with if that was the case and and you know. Um, one of them is, is has passed away, and that's Tom Petty. And and you know, Melencamp has gone a different place, and Springsteen has has also. So you know, I mean, y- you know, I would oh god, I I would love to work with Ryan Adams. I would love to, I uh, would love to work. I mean, I'd love to work with obscure artists that has nothing to do with long hair and big guitar solos. <laughs> you and Ryan Adams, I think that's uh, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what's next for you, Mike? So you're gonna you're gonna tour this and, and put it out. I mean, obviously you want to do some more of your solo stuff. What's next for Mike Tramp? Well, I mean, to tell you the truth, I mean, the songs of White Lion. When you look at the cover and stuff like that, it's actually a concert poster. Um, it's basically what I'm going to do as long as I can do. Besides me doing, you know, uh, my 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 side musical projects, which is, you know, I guess in reality, just sort of to satisfy myself and a few diehard fans, because whenever I walk up on stage, you know, people say uh, the voice of White Lion, the dude from White Lion, the guy you remember from MTV and White Lion. So um, concert promoters, uh, you know, pay more for, for when they can add the name White Lion to the post and stuff like that. So let's see how this year goes and and um it's not something that i need to practice and rehearse from these songs are part of my dna 
you know. Do you ever see yourself maybe doing an album of new original material that kind of has the vibe of this album that you're just putting out? No, that's a great question, and I, I'm almost positive that that will not happen. I can't see myself sitting and writing that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally makes sense. Well, my friend, I'm so glad I got to talk with you. Anything else you want to say to the fans before we close? Well, you know, I am just so honored that they stuck with me through thick and through thin. I will repay, you know, the the dues. All right. Mike, lots of luck with everything you're doing, man. Take care. My pleasure, brother. Well, that was an honor talking with Mike. Make sure you check out his new album, The Songs from White Lion, coming on April 14th. Rock on!